And hello, welcome back to the Age of Empires ASAP Weekly Podcast. I did not do that in order, but that's okay. Uh, I'm joined by a special guest today, a little bit different, a little bit different today. We have Sir Robin the Brave. Is it okay if I call you Sir Robin the Brave? That's fine, yeah, sure. <laughs> I very much appreciate it. It's a very <laughs> Age of Empires appropriate name. Yeah, I, uh, I, th- yeah. <laughs> I think so too. That's that's why I picked it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right let's start with this i think this will be a good good way to, to start us off uh, i'd like to you know give a little bit of information about yourself i know you've told me but i'm sure the listeners would like to know who are you and mm-hmm. uh maybe some background information and how did you get into aoe we'll, we'll we'll do all that yeah sure so um i'm sir robin in in aoe and in in normal life i'm i live in switzerland and i'm a like news anchor at the public radio station um, that's what I do for a living. And yeah, I mean, I got into AOE like probably a lot of people. I just picked it up or saw my friend do it. Mm. And I think it was AOE 1. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not definitely sure that it was AOE 1. And uh, a good friend of mine, he showed me this program on his computer. I was like eight or nine years old. And I think he started with the like the scenario editor where you can just place things and buildings <gasps> yes. and units. And and he just like set up this this huge battle of two armies. But you know, in the in the scenario editor, the the units they don't move right away. You know, mm. you place them and they just sit there. And I was like not so impressed at first because I just I thought it looked like a painting program, you know, where like <laughs> <laughs> where like you could place like these little these little icons and, and stuff. And, but that, then, that's so your first your first <laughs> interaction with the game was not at all what the game is like is no not at all and and i was like sitting next to him and he was placing this and he said yeah it's gonna be great and i was like mm, nothing is happening all right <laughs> this this feels like if i if i may interject here yeah, this sure. uh this feels like um a story of way 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 back when i was really really young um i i, I got like a fifa game from someone right mm-hmm um and there's a point in the game where when you want to play you have to click left or right on the on the uh, keyboard to choose yeah. a team but i didn't know that was uh, a thing because i was uh, a child right. yeah yeah so <laughs> so i would just watch the simulation <laughs> of two computers playing against each other <laughs> as a six-year-old uh yeah. so <laughs> yeah that, that that sounds that, that sounds like fun too i mean <laughs> I, when uh, i was yeah. six it was great <laughs> yeah but same I, for I think me. it's yeah mm, mm-hmm. i mean then uh he said yeah it's gonna be great if i if i may continue the the story then yeah, yeah because of course it, of course it got better from there you know he like clicked then the button to to like to run the the scenario um mm. i think it's called test or something like he didn't even save it he didn't even go to the main menu he just did the test of the scenario and then it was like that was the moment for me when when the archers became fat began firing and we had the swordsmen and fighting and catapults shooting at buildings and that was that was very impressive for an eight year or for a seven year old. I don't know the, the age, but I was like before that my only computer games, if you want to call it like that, would like these uh, edutainment software where you like <laughs> you you get a bit to know about physics and 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 nature and stuff. And so Age of Empires was was kind of my introduction to computer games. Of course, yeah, did you yeah. always have a fascination with like maybe medieval times? Mm, not that much actually i was hmm. i was more of a, a roman guy you know like classic classic era um and that yeah so aoe1 was actually the one 
that that pulled me in so pulled you and appealed yeah, to you yeah. a little bit yeah yeah sure i don't even remember i know that i started with aoe1 when i played it myself and don't know when my first contact with aoe2 was i i, I try to remember it but i can't um i remember and, and aoe1 it, mm-hmm. and then later aoe3 came out and i picked it up at launch yeah <laughs> did aoe uh two so now aoe2 is pretty much the game you play the most right that's what i gather yeah that now it is now it is yeah for sure um and so um yeah if, if that's the case that's totally totally i mean i think i think most of our community is aoe2 players i think even those who play aoe1 and aoe3 from time to time i would I would imagine most are kind of focused in on that game. That is the game that is, is the most popular. Yeah, yeah I think um, you can also back that up by numbers. I mean, like, look at Reddit um, group size and Steam charts and stuff like that. I mean, AoE2 is by far the biggest. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I don't for know, sure. Yeah, I don't know the numbers by, by heart now, but but I'm, I'm pretty sure that AoE2 is, is so much bigger than the other two. I, I agree. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. Mm. I, I am curious to see what happens with AOE 4. Um, so I think there's I, a lot yeah. of hope, but mm. uh, there's also that fear that, oh, it's a cool game. Everyone's going to play the campaign, uh, play for a couple months, and then everyone's back to AOE 2. That's kind of the yeah, the, the fear for some. <laughs> I'm really I'm really curious to, to see what happens. I mean, um, when you saw the AOE 4 announcement, like they had this event and they showed some people, like I think, the Viper was there and T90 and other guys, they were all at this, this event it was before Corona times, of course. And like, they're all involved a bit into, into development as far as I know, or as far mm-hmm. as I understand it. And so I think all of them will at least stream or show AOE4 at launch, but, but I don't, I, I'm curious to see how, how that continues. Like is, is someone like the Viper who is extremely, um, like successful at, at AOE two, is he gonna switch? I mm. I don't know that yet. <laughs> and of and course, if, no, yeah, no. Well, yeah. well, well, that's yeah. That's it's a wait and see approach. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure for mm-hmm. him, it's gonna be something where the numbers will dictate. So, um, mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of AOE creators will do both for mm-hmm. as long as they mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But when they see one or the other dip, I think that's when when mm-hmm. people will start making choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and there, of course, you have like AOE four will generate a lot of hype, I think, and that's a good thing. But AOE two, the community has grown over the last, I mean, twenty years, and especially the last like three years, um, yeah. like organically, it's a bit different mm. than just having a hype at, at at the launch date. And I mean, you know how it goes. Sometimes launch uh, games at launch can be extremely like buggy and frustrating and <laughs> and stuff like that. So we'll see how that turns out. I mean, I'll say this much. It's, it's, you know, if I compare it to games like Overwatch where they went, they went all the way the other way. They're like, we're going to create an eSport. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Before they, before they knew whether their game had longevity or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think, I think that is why AOE 2 feels like such a good, that's mm-hmm. why, that's why this whole AOE 4 is a little bit risky, right? Cause you might fracture the community. Um, but I think. You know, there, there's there's part of me that knows like, okay, if AOE four wasn't on the horizon, then I think AOE two would naturally kind of hit that you know fifty sixty thousand um, community, mm-hmm. which is a great community. Like that is a lot of people, right? So sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes you don't want to compare it to Counter Strike, right? You don't want to compare it to to some of these games. Sometimes mm-hmm. that is more than enough people to keep your community running for another twenty years, especially if it's all grassroots. Um, yeah. So the fear with with kind of AOE four is that you're going to fracture a little bit of that community, and 
you know, if AOE 4 doesn't work out, will everyone go back to AOE 2? We'll see, right? Um, I think that's just speculation at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're podcasts. Yeah. We're yeah, the masters yeah. of speculation. Sure, sure. <laughs> but you're you're a, you also play or also have some insight into StarCraft, right? Um, how yeah, did, yeah, yeah. How did that go? Do you, do you know that? Because I, I'm not familiar with the esports scene there. With like there was StarCraft two, and then what happened there was was like so is it only StarCraft two now or um, actually it's in Korea specifically. Um, StarCraft one is is much more the bigger game at this point. Okay. Um, Starcraft two outside of Korea, it, it's been up and down. Officially, Blizzard has essentially stopped supporting the game at this point. Um, I think they have one or two developers still still helping, but they have handed it over to ESL. If you know that company, yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. ESL is fully in charge of the esports side of things. Mm. Um, I think you know, and I think here is the viewership. There's t- about twenty thousand. I mean, this is this is this is why it's both maybe not in a bad place but not necessarily in a growing place like i don't think that game can grow anymore um but i think it's at there's twenty thousand diehard people that will watch pretty much every stream and then there's a fifty thousand kind of like upper limit when there's when there's like the big events or maybe mm-hmm. like the, the the end of the year thing right okay. and that's kind of where it's at now and i think um i have a hard time believing that that particular community can grow much more um I just, I just don't with, with the developer stopping support rate. That's the one big difference right now, right? Microsoft is all in on AOB, which is once again, it can be a good thing or it can be, or it can sometimes not be a good thing because organic growth is, I find significantly more lasting than, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, than that, too that, much developer. Mm-hmm. That was, was, was what I was like trying to say with, with the AOE2 being so organic in its growth and, and I think that's a good thing. And I mean, sometimes growth can also be like, why, why is growth good just for the sake of growth? Is that, is that mm. all? Um, yeah, I, right now I think AOE 2 the, the esports scene is, is in a place where you have so many tournaments happening at once that I, I, I struggle to follow them all. You know, you ha- we had, we have some weekends where you have team games and one, we one games and all happening at the same time. And, and, for me, at least, uh, that's enough to to keep me to keep me interested and 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 satisfied. And I mean, I think we're in a great place, right? And I think you're totally right that growth. I mean, I don't think you need more than fifty thousand people. Um, I think longevity is 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 more important than growth. I actually do. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually mm-hmm. think, um, you know, if you if you can keep fifty thousand people for twenty years. That means that's 20 years worth of people that could make careers off of this, right? Um, sure. As opposed to, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a weird comparison, but Fortnite, right? Where <laughs> biggest game in the world, right? But now it's very much dropping off um, because it was a fad game, right? It was a game that captured, I mean, it captured essentially um, all the 12 year olds, right? <laughs> that would be the joke that it captured all the 12 year old mm-hmm. uh, players, but. Um, now it's very much falling off because they're finding new interests. They're finding other games. And you know what is a game that has kept up, even though, you know, there's all these other games going up and down for that age demographic. It's Minecraft, right? Yeah, that's sure. a game Minecraft, that's yeah. Yeah. essentially almost been around, you know, at this point, I think it was since mm-hmm. 2012. I don't know if I'm wrong, right or wrong about that, but it's a game that people keep coming back to. So that's, I, that's really amazing. I mean, yeah, I find, I find Minecraft is a better position than Fortnite. Now, 
I don't think Fortnite is going anywhere. I think it still probably have like their million player base, <laughs> shall we say. Um, but, you know, I think the fear is that that game feels like something that eventually will kind of start to die down a little bit. Um, and it, it very much kind of jumped on jumped on a fad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not as many people that are kind of like, I don't know, dedicated, right, for a longer amount of years in, the, in those types of games that are very much just following, oh, all the friends are doing this, so we're going to try it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and those they, games have meteoric rises, but they don't necessarily have longevity. So sometimes longevity, I, I would argue that longevity for a scene as a whole, for a scene of people that you can meet and you can have communities and you have things that actually last for a longer time, I, I think having a good base, but a base that lasts longer, significantly more important than skyrocket to the moon and then fall off completely. So, so in a way, let's hope that AOE4 is going to be more like Minecraft than Fortnite. <laughs> pretty much, you, pretty if much. You, if I try to summarize that, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would... I Yeah, I, I don't think we can compare RTS as a genre, right? But I'm very hopeful with the amount of people that have started following AOE to think that, oh no, this is totally... Like AOE2, let's just say there's no AOE4. Mm-hmm. I, At least from what I've seen in the last like year or two with DE coming out... It looks like there was a nice kind of upswell, slow and steady rise upwards. And I think like around that 50,000 mark is where you can keep the community for a number of years. I'm very happy with that. Now, Mm -hmm. with AOE4, it's both the promise of attracting people who may have never played real-time strategy games. Because at this point, you know, unlike unlike, uh, 15 years ago, right, Uh, (laughs) at this point, a majority of those younger players probably have never actually played a real-time strategy game, right? So it'd be interesting to see if there are people who are kind of interested in the genre um, and if they could create a game that both keeps that competitive edge but also brings in those players. Um, yeah, I, I would be very interested to see if that is possible. Um, but it, it, once again, hope for, for growth with AOE4, but it's also, yeah, you know, it can also uh, fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember that right, um, AOE 4 was like announced alongside the definitive editions of yes. AOE 1 and 2. And so um, if you want to like take a real real negative stance on that, you, you could say that, oh, Microsoft is just pushing those definitive editions to hype up AOE 4. Um, I mean, it would be a very long buildup, but <laughs> what happens if, if AV4 like completely flops? If it if no one buys mm-hmm. it and no one cares, are they still gonna like show the same dedication to the to the whole um, AOE series? I hope so, but no one no one can predict what 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 that would do to to the support. Well, here's just, the, here's two things. One of them is I believe there wouldn't be a D edition if there wasn't an AOE4 in development. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I just you, you we don't get the D edition. So just for that, just for the graphical um and quality of life changes, I would I would take the fact that AOE4 is coming out as a positive. Okay. Um now, do I think if AOE4 is a flop, they will continue to support the games? Um I think it entirely depends on on a business model, right? I think as long as they can justify that there's still like especially like when it comes to expansions or or some minor like update changes. If it's just a couple developers and they can justify the amount of people that get these expansions, you know, every every half year, every year, then mm. I think they'll continue to support it, right? Um, but yeah. if it's not, right, if it's not viable, then then they won't, right? But it's the DLC, like the kind of a- expansion type packs at this point, I feel is more like a streaming service idea, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, um, I was thinking about the same. It's like a subscription, something like that. <laughs> it's almost like they're yeah. trying to do that, right? Yeah, Except yeah. it's it's maybe like a once a year or half a year subscription. Mm. But yeah. I think I think you'd be surprised because if they like once again, if they get out of those fifty thousand, they get ten thousand people who are dropping ten dollars. Uh, yeah. You know, you yeah. can start. You can start thinking about the math. What does that justify? Like paying someone to continue making them, mm-hmm. uh, or, or is there a certain amount? Right? Like maybe that's it. Maybe it will really depend on. You know, it's one thing. It's great that we're getting all these expansions. It's another thing to see how many people are actually buying them. How many people get AOE for? Right. I have. Yeah. I have a tough time believing. Well, I don't know what the price point is for AOE for. So I guess. <laughs> I guess yeah. it'll depend on that, but I, I don't know if they'll make back their money. You know, <laughs> like that's that's the one thing I fear because it, it looks like they've put a lot of work and a lot of great developers into the projects, and I, I imagine that doesn't come at a cheap cost, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're working on it for almost two years, three years now, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think many people also who 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 don't who are not particularly involved into AOE two or or any other Age of Empires game, maybe they will see it you know, like pop on pop up on Steam and think AOE four. That was like the game we were waiting for in 2007, Ooh. 8, 9, whatever. And then Ooh. like now it's here and maybe they will just try it for, for the nostalgia. Um, same reason we we played uh, defini- the definitive editions or came back for those. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? They would no, just I like totally the, know what you the, mean. The, the, name, totally the name Age of Empires is still, still somewhat has that recognition to it, at least in some part of the scene. Yeah, I think mm. I think it'll depend on their pay model, right? Um, mm. That's the one thing that I kind of fear when it comes to, you know, there's such a big trend for like free to play, right? Yeah, but- if you want the most amount of people to to get it, but then you get into this really weird thing of, I don't know. This is this is what mm. interests me so much because RTS's business model, right? If we, if we talk specifically about RTS's business mm. model, it's always been pay for the game up front, right? Buy the original campaign. The campaign itself is essentially a, a payment you make, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but is there some kind of business model where, um, you know, the game is free to play multiplayer, right? You're able to play multiplayer for free um, and the campaign Ooh. costs a certain amount of money or... That, that would be uh, interesting, yeah. <laughs> right? Is is there... Mm-hmm. the, the Maybe yeah. maybe just to have people like I, there was what I think five asynchronous kind of splits if I'm if I'm remembering correctly uh, for the different uh, factions. So maybe you can play one of each, right? They they give you that base five mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that you can play in multiplayer mm-hmm. mode, so you can still compete in theory, right? Um, and but they don't give you any like special kind of looking cool looking I don't know add-ons. You know, maybe that's a model, right? That's yeah. the model that that the multiplayer and the base game against like an, uh, an the tutorial and, and the multiplayer thing is free to play, but everything else is behind a paywall. That could be a way they approach it. So that, I'm kind of curious yeah. what you think they might that, do. That would be a really interesting approach because um, I think now we have AOE two is still, despite us playing uh, talking about multiplayer and esports so much, still most of the people they they never touch ranked multiplayer queue and mm. they just stick to to single player and i mean it was it was the same for me for for many many years so um many people still perceive these games as kind of single player games i mean they have great campaigns or or at least good campaigns in them and if you and if, if, mm-hmm. if if multiplayer is like the new default because it's free and you can just jump into it 
that that would also shift like the the perception of the game and um you said you talked about free like those free to play games and i'm not sure if the people who like or know these free to play games are the same people that play rts games because in I, as you said in I, rts I, it's mm-hmm. it's much more established to to pay up front and then maybe maybe um the dlcs afterward i mean that that's maybe a bit of the paradox <laughs> studio method where you have like 20 dlcs per game you know like crusader kings and <laughs> europa universalis and stuff <laughs> maybe that maybe, maybe they try something like that i don't know oh i because this is what i think about that business model right mm-hmm. is aoe4 successful what makes aoe4 successful aoe4 is su- successful if they set a price point for let's just say the base game and the, the amount of people that pay for it is like equivalent to the amount of cost that they put into making the game, right? Mm-hmm. They could have that model, and I think, I think with the kind of player base that they have, it makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think they're expecting at the very, very minimum, fifty thousand people are going to buy the game, right? A very, very minimum. The, the I, amount yeah. of people in AOE two, or that watched AOE that AOE two tournaments, I think mm-hmm. those diehards are one hundred percent going to buy it, right? And what's yeah. what's that kind of uh, point that they they go from just uh, losing money to earning profit, and on top of it, um, that's why I think you know mm. a free to play model probably wouldn't work, right? Because it's so much mm. more risky. Mm-hmm. It's essentially saying for for the for the chance that we can get a younger audience or young, an audience that doesn't play RTS, mm. right? We're gonna offer a free model for a lot of players. Who otherwise might have bought the game, right? That sounds there might very be a lot risky. Of, I don't think it does. Yeah, yeah, it does, uh, right? That, we, we that's don't why know I'm what like micro, <laughs> Microsoft calculations, but I don't think that's that's what they're gonna do. I, I can't. I would. I don't think so. Yeah, either. yeah. I don't think so either. <laughs> but we'll I think. See. <laughs> I think two years down the line, they might do free to play for multiplayer. I think that could happen. Yeah. I, free free mm-hmm. multiplayer thing, but I think it would have to be significantly after the game. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's bought the game. Everyone's played the campaign. And then if they need a little bit of a jolt, they might do that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that sure, might be a way sure. to do it. Sure. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any, any other thoughts. I, I love talking these kind of business stuff stuff because it's, it's so arbitrary, right? And it's, so- it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of arbitrary because we don't know like what's going on at Microsoft. We can just look at what we know and then speculate about it. But yeah, I think it's fun to, to do that <laughs> once in a while. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay let's let's uh get into a little bit so i actually heard that uh you, you were telling me that you actually did a game theory paper that had to do with aoe I, I don't know if you'd like to talk about that a little bit here yeah sure so it was uh media science would be like the translation would be the 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 my my, my field of study um mm-hmm. which i did uh, at the university in, in bachelor of arts and we had that uh we had a seminar i think you would would call it like a, a course uh um, about games and game aesthetics, and mm-hmm. there we had a concept that was defined by by um, Roger Calois. I, th- I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but he's a French guy, and mm-hmm. and he had like four components of uh, what makes a game. Um, and I'm trying to to make this as as simple and easy to understand as possible. But you basically have competition, which is like two people fighting each other. Like we have the Olympics, who can run 100 meters faster? It's like mm-hmm. you have a defined set of rules, and there's no luck involved. There's no like, 
It's just they run for the sake of the run <laughs> and who is faster. And chess would also be like, would also have this, this, this competition element. Mm-hmm. And then you have chance, which is like rolling a dice. I think that's easy to understand. Of course. <laughs> yeah. If you think of like risk, the board game where you have, where you fight the battles with, with dice. Well, risk, yeah, yeah risk is, is <laughs> significantly more. So are, are all these components like mutually exclusive or all no, these no, like, no, 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 not at all, okay. not at all. At, as, especially, mm-hmm. I think that's, and that's what makes his theory so interesting. Um, in computer games, they always uh, like combine and shift and, and interact with each other. And yeah, that, that's, and I was looking at AOE and how, how the elements, how these elements are represented in the game and, and how much of, of mm. like competition and chance is in there. And, I'm curious. Yeah. What yeah. did you find? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I was looking at the tutorials specifically. So um, in the definitive edition, you have these, you have the William Wallace tutorial, you know, the one everyone played as yes. a child. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the Art of War. Um, like it's also a tutorial that prepares you for, for like the... I like um, the Art of random, War one a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and maybe I can tell you now why. <laughs> for sure. The analysis. Um, but, but in order to do that, I just mentioned competition and chance. Yes, but there's also yes, yes. Um, um, mimicry or like masquerade or like role play, I think you could ah, call it. So like mm-hmm. you're pretending to be... Or like, yeah, you're pretending to be the king who rules his, his empire. And uh, I mean, the... A swordsman beats a spearman. That's just like the numbers in in the background, but in the foreground you have like the representation, and that's that makes it huh. immersive mm-hmm. to us. And then the last one is like uh, intoxication, <laughs> is what he calls <laughs> it. Um, it's like comparable to a drug, and I, I think we all know the feeling that you you're in a random game or in a ranked game, and you 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 wall your base, and then you see there's a hole, and like five knights are coming in, and you like uh it's chaos and stress and <laughs> and all that stuff but on the other side you're like pushing your enemy and and you feel like you you're going to win this fight and there's this rush of excitement and mm. i think that can make that can be really addictive so that's also in aoe too and and maybe to come back to the tutorials um art of war just prepares you a lot more for this competition or is a lot more of this competition um aspect in the game and also the the intoxication and these are like the two main elements of random map um like ranked multiplayer games you know we you have the the same like starting position or almost the same starting position each one starts with three villagers and the the town center and you build up and try to be faster and better than the other and and while william wallace and also the campaign uh games they're like they're more like the role play element is much stronger. You, you have mm-hmm. to defeat the the evil Englishman with their with with uh, their evil king, and <laughs> and that's just that's what we all enjoyed as a kid, or that's maybe what got us into the game. But now, if you're mm. dedicated to multiplayer and stuff, you the competition aspect is much more important. And yeah, so that's that's maybe why Art of War is now is the much more useful um, tutorial. Or no, it definitely is. And it also, the new Art of War t- t- uh, tutorials also kind of shows the shift of the game itself, you know, in the last 20 years. When it came out, it was like this medieval simulator 
<laughs> where you build up your town or your castle and then you have these huge armies clashing into each other and now it's more like who can scout rush a bit better <laughs> or <laughs> who can who can uh yeah who can adapt better to to what the enemy is doing and that's that's what art of war kind of tries to do at least and so the tutorial the new tutorial is actually, is actually an expression of that shift that happened within the game itself mm. you know is that can you follow i'm following yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the the role playing aspect is is pushed back further that you can also see that with the mods like small tree or the cube mod <laughs> where the trees <laughs> don't look like trees anymore because it it doesn't it's not interesting to those who use cube mod that it looks like a real forest it's more important that they can spot holes in their walls and that gives them a competitive advantage and so, yeah because anything that like whenever you say the word esports immediately you stop doing the role play component and you go right into i mean uh com- competition more right it's not completely stop i mean <laughs> it's still kind of there <laughs> it's, it's still, i mean it's it's still kind of there they're not exclusive to each other but um yeah it's it's definitely the role playing aspect just kind of you forget about it you know it's not it's not you don't have time to look at your beautiful town right <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's uh the game like pushes that that aspect a bit back in in favor of competition you can look yeah. at your town at the end of the game you know when it pauses <laughs> when yeah, you lose but, or when you win <laughs> yeah but normally it's not going to be very very pretty right i mean <laughs> If you, I, mean, yeah. I guess I guess you're right. If I if I was only looking at aesthetics, I think I I might set up the town a little differently, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's great. So I I want to maybe talk a little bit about the first two components. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you the one was chance, and the first one was uh, that was competition, like the so competition chance mm-hmm. role play. What's the what's the last one then? Role play, and then you have intoxication. Um, okay, he I'm has a diff- he has way. a different expression for that, but. Uh, Let's let's just not use let's that. Let's just because, use that one. Yeah, <laughs> no worries, yeah. no worries. Yeah. Um, so competition and chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess chance is a really interesting one because when I like, I think for most people, when they look at AOE, they don't really think of chance as being a great factor, a great influencer mm-hmm. on yeah. Yeah. on the events that happen. But I'm curious if you know, like, is it is it more than we think? Right, the the elements of chance when it comes to the game. No, I think I think you're right. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's it's way smaller than in in Risk or in in other like dice games. Um, you have the random map generation. I mean, that's that's chance. I mean, we all had that situation where all our golds are forward and the stone is forward as well, and that's kind of bad luck. Or you have when you go random civilization. Of course, that's also chance if you're gonna get a good save or not. And but but I think you're right. It's not. It's not chance is not that important i mean it might play a role if two evenly ma- evenly good players are matched then it's definitely it can be a factor but even if you think like um if you play against let's let's take the viper <laughs> and you get the best map ever and he gets the worst map ever he's still gonna beat you of in, course <laughs> I, I think uh, or at least he will beat me <laughs> So, so chance is there, but it's not, it's not, it's not that, um, it doesn't change everything. Right. 
No, I, I think I think AOE is definitely one of those games where chance. I mean, in general, I think RTS definitely push against chance mm, mm. Uh, as 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 a factor, right? Like, I d- I don't even know. I, like, I'm not sure. I don't think there is uh, critical hits in the game. I don't think there is. It's just HP going down. Yeah. Right? So everything yeah. everything yeah. is pretty mathematical in that sense. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, while you can definitely talk about mm-hmm. changing the numbers specifically mm-hmm. to uh incorporate or or to make it not as um you know ma- balance things mm-hmm. as they need to be balanced um yeah yeah i think but there there certainly are strategy games where chance plays a role um mm. especially like the the older civilization games they had this mechanic where if two units are fighting one would always die and um one is just completely wiped out and the other one loses some hp and there's actually a chance involved. And I think you could see that when like before attacking, um, how high your chances are. And but even but if so you have roll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but um if even if you have a, like a ninety-nine percent chance, you you could lose that fight. And I think there's actually some memes floating around with um a spearman beating a tank, you know, just because <laughs> it happens every one thousand <laughs> fights and since there are so many of them, it happens, right? And, and and they changed that later, I think. So to now, if two units are fighting, they just both lose HP according to their stats. So that's that has been removed because maybe it felt a bit out of place. You know, like why can this spearman defeat a tank? It's not possible. It's just should not be possible, right? So, mm. <laughs> but but as no. you said, it's it's not. The, I, I think it's not there in in AOE two. At least I I didn't see it in in, in my my kind of analysis <laughs> yeah no, i i i completely agree i i think because even games of chance like poker there are a certain mm. i think that game has a lot of skill associated with it right you're it's it's yeah. in some ways managing percentages right poker poker is an interesting example and it also gets quoted a lot when talking about these uh about about uh roger Kaya, Kaya, and his theories like there you can see how how different um components mix i mean at first it's a game of chance but then you have like the element of of uh bluffing and and that's that's Mm. a lot of uh, like this competition element going into going into it as well yeah yeah in some ways you're completely right on that one yeah Mm -hmm. in some ways they because of the way poker is set up unlike a lot of other sports maybe even although i do i do think you do find this is sports but it is critical to be able to both pre- um, preserve or not show anything visually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and be able to read how other people think and act and, and you know, body body movements. And I think once you get to the highest level, you have a lot of people that start tricking you into like making you think. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, you know what I mean? That's, that's when you get to the highest level when, mm-hmm, when they're like, mm-hmm. they make it look like they have a tell, but really just a setup for when, when they actually want you mm-hmm. to think that they're bluffing, yeah. but they're, they're actually have the best cards. Right. Yeah, sure. And it's also, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big poker expert, but I think it also develops uh, over the course of, of a, like a longer game. I mean, it's not just one, one round. It's like, I don't know how many you would play in in a standard poker mm, match, but you would maybe lose one intentionally, like one round, 
so that the other one gets comfortable or thinks he knows what you're doing. <laughs> and then you're flipping, flipping it around, you know, the next time you get of a course, chance. Of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, no, that, that game continues until <laughs> mm-hmm. someone doesn't have money, right? Or, or chips. So uh, you yeah, can have yeah. so many rounds where you can be uh, using It could setups. be endless then. No, Obviously, uh, it, it does... I mean, I don't want to talk too much about poker mm-hmm. necessarily because it is mm-hmm. an AOE show. Yeah, sure. However... Um, that is a game where those who have the advantage can very mm-hmm. much press it, even if it's mm-hmm. chance based, because okay. they they can afford to pressure the opponent into either playing really really risky mm-hmm. or taking no risks at all, right? So I think that's very fascinating. Maybe to like bring it back to AOE, right? Yeah, the person I, I who just, has just want to say that. Yeah, that that's a great great uh, comeback to to AOE. <laughs> yeah, the the person who has the advantage in AOE too, it is they can do whatever they want while the opponent has mm-hmm. to do everything perfectly to respond. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, if you want to think about it, right. The person who has the bigger army and is moving it around. It's the, the other person can't just do whatever, like they can't just like sit around and be like, yeah, so I'm just going to sit here regardless of what mm-hmm. they're doing. No, mm-hmm. they are now in position where they have to react. Obviously I know counterattacks are, are, are sometimes a main way. A lot of people deal with it. Right. Yeah, that, sure. that is a big thing that happens. Um, but it's not out of their volition. It's the fact that they no longer can beat that army and they really have fewer choices, right? Yes, so I think I think choices is a big one. Is Okay, once, once the opponent has two or three castles outside your base, you have very little choices of what you can do, right? You feel like your, your limit of things you can do goes down mm-hmm. while the opponent's possibilities go up because they have more of the map to play with. Right, and it can also snowball, right? Uh, an early advantage. That's why early game is so important. Um if you kill one or two villagers um, in feudal age, you get a massive advantage if you can keep that. So, although yeah. I, I completely agree with you, I would argue that seventy-five percent of the players, though, <laughs> yeah, that's their the, own mistakes yeah. Yeah, that, will that, make that. a greater advantage or disadvantage than anything they inflict on the opponent. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is what happens with with all these games, right? I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of very well reasoned things, like yeah, if you get two villagers. Um, but the reality is that usually as, as it happens with any kind of RTS games is a lot of players to get those one or two villagers, they mess everything mm. else up that they're doing. Mm. Uh, yeah. and so it's not actually advantage to disadvantage. They could, they should have just kept, you know, they kill those two villagers, but miss four workers. <laughs> right, right. I think <laughs> there's, even, <laughs> there's even a like T90 low elo legends meme based yes. around that where it's like, oh, I killed f- five villagers, but, uh. Oh, I didn't create any in of the course. last five minutes, <laughs> so I didn't gain anything. <laughs> no, I, I was more talking about two players who know how to take advantage of 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 uh, of like um, a small small advantage in village account. Of course, when 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 I am playing, I can kill two two villagers and still lose. It's completely fine. <laughs> No, I and I think this is this is actually what maybe we could talk a little bit about this when it comes to learning curve in, in mm-hmm. AOE. Mm-hmm. It's there is a certain point where you are not facing the opponent. What I mean by that is until you get to a certain level, it doesn't really matter what the opponent is doing. There's probably two or three strategies you should look at. Why? Because it's not important what the strategies are. You should just choose the, the best ones, right? Um, or whatever is in general a decent strategy and focus on being able to execute that strategy because your ability to do that thing it will take time for that to develop right um and i i think i think so many like and and this is you know maybe maybe talking a little this might be a little too uh meta uh, 
pardon the pun, I guess, um, <laughs> to talk about, but no, I don't pardon it. It was fully intentional. Um, it, was great. it was great. Uh, <laughs> I got um, but, um, uh, when you, when you want to get, yeah, when we want to talk about, uh, our own, you know, podcast and I want to talk about strategy and stuff. Right. Um, and I think, I think we have a great perspective of casuals trying to learn the game. I think that's been great. Um, but there is part of me that's always thinking it's like, I am not putting in the hours, right. To become someone who is going to talk about the high level competitive strategy that I think a lot of people want to hear about. Right. Um, sure, sure. And that's why, like, I've always been encouraging. I know this happens every couple of shows, but I'm encouraging if there are higher level players that want to talk about this stuff, like to get in contact with me. Cause I, I would love to hear about it and I'd love to be on a show as well, or I'd love to even just facilitate a show where there's two mm. kind of high level players talking uh, mm. with each other about those kind of things, because yes, I can listen to like T90 talking about it a little bit. Um, but the one thing I don't have with this particular game is that experience of playing at the highest level, right. And knowing the ins and out of every sieve and all those things, which I think is, for an AOE podcast would be very fascinating to listen to. Um, I think I can talk and moan my own silliness that happens, but mm-hmm. um, I know, I know that that is definitely an aspect that um, I wish I could talk a little bit more about. Right? Um, I'm still in this game. I'm still like if I play a competitive game, it's still very much in my hands whether or not I win or lose. Does that make sense? Like Abs- I'm absolutely, not, absolutely. I'm not at that mm. point where it's like what I mean by that is. I'm not at the point where the strategy, what the opponent's strategy does should greatly affect me, right? <laughs> yeah. um, because th- whatever their strategy is, um, I doubt they can execute it at a level that is threatening enough that as long as I did everything I was supposed to do properly, <laughs> they're going to beat me. <laughs> uh, while that changes, right? It gets to a point where the choice of strategy, maybe talking mm-hmm. a little bit about mm-hmm. chance, right? Um I don't know how prevalent it is in this particular game, but I'm sure, I mean, it's definitely prevalent in a lot of RTSs. It's that sometimes even before you get scouts and you start understanding what the opponent is doing, um, both of you kind of chose a random strategy you're going to do at the beginning. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And the element of chance is, okay, well, which strategy works better against that yeah. specific what's, strategy? What's the matchup, right? <laughs> what's the matchup? Yeah, what's, yeah. yeah, what else are you going for? I guess, I guess it's a little more linear than I always thought it was um, because... I think I always thought AOE had so many vastly different sieves, but you can kind of break them down to cavalry mm. and, and, and archery sieves, right? Like there is a mm. strategic kind of breakdown that makes it a little more linear, a little more easier to understand. And then particularity is going to be a little different, but there's, there's a certain way you can play those specific types of sieves mm. uh, that once you play one or two, you'll be more comfortable going to the other ones. That's right. I mean, there are some crazy starts like with Mayans or especially Chinese. It's a bit different. But apart from that, they all play. Um, they all play very similar. I mean, there are, yeah, there are other strategy games where that is more, more, uh, where the differences are bigger. I mean, even if you look at Age of Mythology or Age of Empire Three, where suddenly your villagers cost gold, and it's all like you have to rearrange your whole economy <laughs> in order to in order to uh, to to have success. <laughs> You know, and like I'm someone who's a proponent for different types of fact, like factions. I call them factions, Mm. but Mm. different types of civs having their their own, like whatever. Yeah. Um. But but I think the problem is, and this is something that's 
it's if you have that approach, you can't have too many sieves, right? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so what I what I kind of like a little bit is I'm hearing in AOE four they're gonna have five specific ones, and then there's just gonna be branches in those five. So I do like that they're saying they're setting that up right off the bat. Um, but part of me always is worried that it's like essentially a lot of people are gonna choose one or two like kind of play styles um, and maybe stick to sieves within those. Which I guess isn't necessarily a bad thing, but <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it, I mean, it happens in AOE two already because there are certain like very um, very strong combinations or or sifts on certain maps. I mean, Franks on Arabia come to mind. Or if you play two v two, I play a lot of two v two games, and there the like combination of Franks and Mayans or Franks and Britons. It's insane how often you you see though you see this combination just because it's so. I, I guess you could say it's so streamlined, you know, you, mm. you exactly know what you have to do. And that is like coming back to your point, you, you just have to um, learn a strategy and execute it well, and then you can get very far. And I think that's, that's, that's an expression of, 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 of that, that if you know how to, to execute a good scout rush, that, that can take you very far. But of course, later, I think you, you, you also must learn to adapt and read situations Um and see what the opponent is doing and do that scouting thing and and stuff there's no there's no cheating in in rts games right it's great that you have this kind of aggressive rush Mm. um but there is there does come a point where from there you still have to be able to play the rest of the game if it doesn't work out if you don't win the game right away um and i wouldn't argue that these kind of like attack like more aggressive strategies are necessarily bad um but i think one thing I always fear for a lot of new players who like learn that one strategy with that one save, it's like, this is going to get me to, you know, uh, what is it? 1,200 ELO, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. It's going to get me there. Yeah. And then you're going to be there and you're going to lose 10 games in a row if you want to try anything different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, right. So that's, that's my one fear. It's, it's definitely fundamentals are, are key. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because we are talking about AOE here a little bit. Um, I'm kind of curious about you. What, specific sieves do you tend to play a lot um are you someone who's uh very much you know knows all the hockeys you're you're a typical kind of uh competitive player or (laughs) are you a little more casual how do you how do you approach the game um i would say right now i i kind of know most of the hotkeys and because I realized it, it makes life so much easier, you know. It does. But, but, it does. But then, um, but some things I, I don't have. I'm not. I'm not there yet in terms of like I can't hit the university shortcut and then just um, hit the ballistics shortcut. You know, like <laughs> there I still have to click on the ballistics icon and <laughs> and interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I think when it comes to buildings and unit creations, I, I use hotkeys all the way and like villager production and stuff but but and and also like controlling your units with attack and patrol move and stuff like that but but when it comes to technologies and and stuff i I, I, sometimes i use the mouse and click on on the icons as well so (laughs) i'm not i'm not fully there yet but that's okay i mean uh the most common things i i can use hotkeys for um for them so that's already that already makes it a lot easier (laughs) I, I it's something that I've kind of thought about you know over time, but I think ultimately anyone who 
it's actually you know people think it's actually harder it's actually easier <laughs> like right it it's, makes doing a lot of this stuff a lot easier so you're no longer focused on it eventually becomes muscle memory so. yeah especially um there was a big change i think with um definitive edition with the, yes. the grid hotkey that was such um before de came out I really didn't use hotkeys because I, I just I agree. <laughs> I, I couldn't get behind them. Then there you had to kind of learn them. And now it's just you can look at the grid and click. And yeah, sometimes that's maybe I sometimes even use the hotkey without even knowing it just because I can see, oh, it's the fourth one from the left. That's, that's how you that's should R. start. Yeah, yeah. That's how you should yeah, start. Right. You should just look where it is. Because I think that's the, the beauty of the mm-hmm. grid hockey mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that it maps really well to your memory. Yeah. yeah. But but I still did some changes to 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 the grid layout, like especially with formation unit control. Um, <laughs> I wanted to have like the split and and reverse back formations to be to be somewhere where I know they are, and like A is patrol and S is split and D is back into the line. So and F is stop because that's all I really use for for my units. So there I there I did some changes, but. That's interesting because that is one aspect of AOE that I've definitely not really cared about when it mm-hmm. came to formation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of clicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, moving my units around if I do want to reposition them mm-hmm. um, and generally just using a yeah, defensive yeah. and aggressive stance yeah. when needed. Yeah. But I find that very fascinating because I it's patrol, patrol makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as useful. I don't think it's as useful as like it's it's there's a use for it, but I don't think it's like an be all end all for a lot of players. You mean patrol? Uh, patrol mode, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it it's good for players who don't have a lot of actions per minute they can do. Like they're still learning. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like I don't. I'm. It's very hard for me to think that a lot of the the top level players are using patrol in a lot of situations because they're probably mm-hmm. individually moving their armies around as they're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I don't know how the how the pros do it, but I think there's still if 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 you think about um two groups of archers engaging, if you have like fifteen archers on on both sides, if you manage your your archer numbers with just clicking one of the enemy archers after the other, you're gonna mm-hmm. use up so many arrows that like overkill the units, and you're you're probably gonna lose against one who just patrols them in. I think that's that's a case where I would strongly suggest using patrol move or attack move for that for that matter oh sorry i use attack move yes when ah. you say patrol i think of something very different i think of ah. the the unit that moves back and forth that's what I yeah think but, of. but it, it, it does actually do a very similar thing in 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 the end you know um it comes and from that's a frustration of mine if they have things that do similar <laughs> <laughs> no um I, I think it comes from the uh, historically there was no attack move there was just patrol yes, patrol of course, move of course. and and but it does the same thing that you have a group and it as runs soon as into it sees an enemy something attacks yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, exactly right and uh, for that you could also use attack move now but since since there was no attack move before that i think most pros are using patrol and sometimes you can even see that like small groups like running back and forth in a very small area you know, like just turning all the time. That's that's because of patrol move. And but yeah, you can use attack move. I think it's 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 almost the same. It's almost the same. Yeah. I, to be fair, right? For me, it's it transferable skills, right? Mm. Like I've I've actually gotten to a point that because I was playing AOE so much, um, 
I bound my StarCraft 2 hockey, like my <laughs> my attack move hockey from AOE. Mm. I switched it in StarCraft so that I could I think, keep yeah. practicing the same thing so I didn't mess myself up because it was yeah. off one yeah. and that really bugged me. <laughs> that that I can see, yes, yes. Um, so it's mm. it's now, I think it's R. I think it's R. Um, that's the one I use in AOE. Okay, okay. Uh, and then I'll yeah. click an attack move. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we could do a whole episode on on the idea of defensive and aggressive stance. I feel, um, I, yeah, I don't use them too often. Um, I use mm-hmm. them to like prevent that archers run into the, the TC fire, but they still can fire on on um, enemy units. You know, when you're like um, sitting in the enemy space and you're standing close to the TC but out of range, if you if they are on attack move, they will chase like a villager. And then they're yeah. then, then they're under the TC and get killed. And with with uh, I think it's not defensive stance, but um, passive stance. I don't like stand, whatever it is. Hold I ground agree. That's or the something. Default. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but apart from that, I mean, I don't use them that often. So later on, it's just attack move <laughs> most of the time, or not atta- feels- not attack move. Uh, ex- mm. Excuse me, aggressive stance is what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. And the reality is, like, all these stances aside, if uh, when you get to those kind of higher level battles, mm. there's specific targets you want to take out, like the Onager, right? Sure, sure. So you're going to sure. just grab a small group and right click, right? Yeah, like, you got to be, yeah, you got to, you got to be flexible in, in that. Um, yeah. And also, sometimes if you can um, stay on the topic of attack movement, how it can also hurt you, sometimes it, I find it hard to decide, like, especially when you're sending units across a map. Like typical two v two situation, you're just uh, the cavalry player, and you have to send the knights to to the the base across the field. Um, either you use attack move, and they're just gonna attack a random house that is somewhere in the middle, or like something that's not important, and that's not, and then they they don't reach the base, <laughs> <laughs> or you just right click them, and then they're just gonna walk, and then they're gonna get k- killed by. By units without even taking a fight <laughs> that mm. can be that can be really frustrating you know to to make the wrong call and lose your it's not as bad with knights but especially archers like they they get picked off by by knights and before you realize them uh t- 10 of them are dead because you didn't use attack moves but just right click them somewhere so no, for sure. For sure. I completely <laughs> agree. I think, you know what? I think uh, we're going to slowly kind of wrap it up here. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Because I, I very much enjoy this conversation. I think we can definitely do a part two at some point. So uh, we, we maybe with, with some different topics, but the game theory stuff really interests me. Some business stuff at the beginning that kind of happened naturally, I feel. I don't feel like we, we necessarily planned the very beginning of the show that with with that topic but that's okay i hope um, i hope we didn't scare away too many with our like um completely baseless assumptions or <laughs> or <laughs> predictions nah, nah, nah. but i mean they're listening to a podcast so they should be <laughs> they should. That, that's actually so funny <laughs> that you mentioned that i i think there's part of me that if you are very rarely have i ever gotten mad at a podcast so I just assume people are tend to do that, right? They tend to be like, oh, whatever. They don't know what they're saying, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, who knows? Who to, knows? To get Maybe. mad at a podcast. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I listen, to be fair, I don't think I listen to podcasts that, you know, <laughs> that make if you, you want to get mad at podcasts, <laughs> think of things that you don't like to talk about and then listen to a podcast about those, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. Anyway, uh, 
yeah so so uh, i thank you so much uh, sir robin for being on today uh i think it was great yeah thanks for um, having me it was was for a pleasure sure. it was great fun um quick quick kind of housekeeping end of the show thing um we're kind of looking around seeing if there are any interests because uh, some of the people in the discord were mentioning they they want to see uh, maybe like some lower elo not necessarily low evil but low elo but like lower elo uh, tournaments so i'm thinking of maybe organizing some stuff in in a couple weeks um so be on the lookout if, if you do join our discord which i'll include in the link uh below um i'll be uh submitting a form there um kind of just you know what rank are you about would you be interested in tournaments stuff like that um, just so I can get a, an idea. And I think if that happens, then I'd be totally down to cast, even if it's like some small little tournaments uh, to get, because you get those players that don't necessarily want to, you know, go into those uh, pro, mm-hmm. you know, you're a, you're a, you know, let's just say a thousand two hundred or a thousand three hundred player. And there's pro players in your tournament. That's not necessarily fun. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if there's interest. Uh, so just keep a look at that look out on that in the discord and we'll, we'll start something up at the end of june uh if there is uh that's kind of it's kind of i guess the only housekeeping i have uh anyway so robin thanks for being on and uh, we'll see everybody next time we record a show thanks for listening to bye-bye